0: Muddy
1: Media Hello, the football is back and so are we Welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show In association with Paddy Power Coming up, it's the big season preview show Where we make predictions to laugh at in nine months' time We're also talking to Dundee United's new manager in town And we'll also explain what FFS really stands for I'm Andrew Slavin and joining me once again, my Aberdonian and Warzone partner in crime is J.J. Bull from The Telegraph.
2: Hello, Slavin!
1: How We're are back. you? How, how's are <laughs> How's your summer madness been without... As um, well, has been well, well you know, as
2: well you know, Slavin, we've been spending a lot of time in the Warzone shooting people. It's have uh, we spent our time. <laughs> you have a new child. You had to... <laughs> You've had to hold... I have I've had a
1: child, not a new one.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it still counts as a new one. But, yes, it's True. been... Um, I mean, a lot of the English football's been going on. It was all right. I watched a lot of the German football. I'm really, really excited for the Scottish stuff to come back. It's going to be great. And also, yeah. like, the first game of the season being Aberdeen Rangers is phenomenal.
1: So, since we last spoke, this is what happened... Hearts launched several lawsuits. We'll find out how those have got on since then. Robbie Nielsen got Dundee United promoted, then promptly went back to the Championship to take over at Hearts. As mentioned, Mickey Mellon swapped Tranmere for Tannadice. Callum Davidson is the other new manager in town. He's the head honcho at St Johnston now. The head honcho. I
2: like it.
1: The head man. Well, he was assistant there before, so now he's Mm. back and he's the big guy. Uh, the Scottish Cup's going to finish as well in December, the twentieth of December. Christmas Cups, Christmas, Christmas Cups. Christmas
2: Cups is good, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and there've been a few, a few transfers here and there. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Come on, I didn't have a goalkeeper until uh, the day we we're recording this, so it's all been, um, it's all great. But we should just get straight into it, then. I
1: reckon plenty, plenty think? of rumour. Well, let's leave it all to one side, like you say, JJ, and get into our season preview.
3: You're listening to The Totally Scottish Football Show, in association with Paddy Power.
1: JJ, we're going to begin in your favourite place. Um, well, we can finally begin, because you finally fixed your microphone. Bit rusty, aren't you there, pal? Uh, uh,
2: yes, yes. I have to, <laughs> Quite a I difference. That's, I you sound lovely you. now. As a sort of a semi-qualified uh, audio
1: producer, <laughs> <laughs> you'd think I'd know better. Uh, Let's get it out of the way here, JJ. Yeah. I know you hate it. Celtic 10 in a I hate
2: row it. It's not that I hate it It's just not interesting to me So Celtic 10 in a row Is probably going to happen Great for Celtic I mean <laughs> the thing is They're never ever going to lose A league title again probably And you could say that uh, The problem that with with this The way it's happened Is that um, it doesn't matter uh, Until they get to something like 15 in a row That a lot of Rangers fans Or other Scottish football fans Will say it's not that it's tainted, it doesn't count as much. It's like a ten in a row with a star on it because of obvious reasons. Like, Rangers weren't around in the league at the time and uh, there's this thing called coronavirus. I don't know if you've... <laughs> if you've I don't started. want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that <laughs> ever again. But uh, It definitely affected it, but yeah. I
1: mean, are, are you excited about ten in a row? Uh, I guess so, just purely for the kind of newsy angle of it all it's it's pretty cool it's in a way a but stuff, I, I, understand, I understand i understand from from the wider aspects of scottish football it's pretty annoying <laughs> but um <laughs> the, the, the fact i think for most celtic fans it will be after this uh, and we all agree that it's going to be 10 i think that means that celtic are two or three titles away from rangers yeah. titles of 54 um yeah so that it will be Celtic will want to overtake Rangers as the team that have won the Scottish Premiership the most but what can rangers really do it's i look at this season as you know Gerrard's last chance because i think this is the first time a rangers manager has taken charge of a third season where they haven't won a trophy in their first oh, two i don't know i don't know if that's his um, last chance i wouldn't have thought you, that but if the, but if he doesn't if he goes through the season again without a trophy i don't know i don't think he can he, well, can, I, I can't, he can't justify his reason for staying.
2: I think you, you look at the manager and you think if you can build a team that can challenge, and you can build a team that can get to cup final, which he has done, which exactly he's already done, and he, he clearly knows what he's doing. That you can't beat a team like Celtic unless you have better players. And the problem they had was the inconsistency, losing too many games last season. Uh, they dominated them in the cup, the league cup final, still lost. Right, so it's getting over the line. It's going to be a psychological shift, even though um, the outfit known as Rangers, has won many, many, many titles in the past. Uh, this is a new team, a new build, right? And and it's not the same one. They've had to build a whole new dressing room. Gerard's trying to put that in place. Uh, the players they signed, recruitment is, is going to make or break this because Celtic are, they still have all the players that win them all the titles. And until, I think, Scott Brown retires, until a couple others disappear, they're not um, untouchable. You can get to them. What is The, the difference was 13 points. We're so probably going to be 10 before the uh, last season... Was cancelled. Well, so... it could have been
1: less than that because Celtic had to play Rangers, uh, and, and Rangers were getting pretty good at beating I mean, Celtic. Could um, easily, yeah, yeah. But the, the, but the other thing away. for me they're is not far away. But it's important, JJ, that Rangers hold on to their best players. And there's a big rumor that Morelos could be off to France. And it's just I, I feel I find it difficult for Rangers to to have a and they've got to have belief going into this season with or without Morelos. Uh, but if he does truly go that is a massive blow um, to a to Regis. And the being injured as well is a big thing. Uh, so they might go into the if Morelos were
2: to go before Saturday which is very unlikely. I mean they're not going to have a striker there. So that's obviously a problem, but there's no way they haven't got any sort of plan in place. There's no way they haven't got recruitment. They've got um, I can't forget what his name is the guy came in from Southampton to oversee their recruitment. So clearly they've got structures in place to make sure that they can identify players that can take them on to the next level the also other thing they have to do is even though they put a lot of money in they need to start making a profit from these players that they bring in like Celtic have done you bring in a player at a certain level you raise his profile you make say 18 million or something on I mean, him like they probably will at like Morelos and then that way they can use that money to improve the club you know improve the first team that's the way they have to do it it's it's a it's a business, it's a football club. Yes, everyone's desperate there to get to stop this 10-in-a-row thing, but they have to work as a business to make sure that uh, the, well, the club survives, for a start, but also that they can keep closing the gap. And the way you close the gap is by having a solid manager, solid structure in place, which they appear to have at the moment, and signing better players to make the team
1: improve is the way for There you go. So in, in summary, Rangers just don't have the squad quality... Um, to, to match Celtic for a maybe. whole season because, because they the did match them for the first half of the season and it was once again that trip to Dubai that just destroyed their chances and I, 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 we can't explain why nobody can explain why at Rangers uh, why it went all peak tongue, but there we go I think we're all in agreement Celtic will win 10 Rangers will probably finish second but saying
2: that, that, saying that is going to make it all different because then they'll be like <laughs> that preview, we right? did say we
1: would laugh at our predictions in nine months guys. time i
2: sure the, <laughs> the entire Rangers team listens to this podcast I'm sure and all going, I'm going to show you the moment
1: so, Well let's move on Next we're going to be speaking with Mickey Mellon and looking at the new kids on the block <laughs> Dundee United are back in the Premiership after a four season stay in the Championship and despite it being Robbie Nielsen as the man to bring them up it's Mickey Mellon who's in charge JJ before we hear from Mickey how do you expect Dundee United to fare this season?
2: It's not ideal for a podcast that we are supposed to offer analysis, but I don't know. I th- I suspect <laughs> it'll be quite good. I think if Nielsen had been in charge, I would have been a lot more um, able to predict they would do okay. But you look at the teams that are at the bottom of the league, the ones who are weak would be like Hamilton, and I think Killy might struggle this this year a little bit. Um, Livingston have lost Lawless, and they're probably going to lose Dykes, but I think their manager's really talented and will put people together to keep them there. I'm not sure how Ross County will get on. I think they're going to be in amongst. There's about about six or seven teams who could pretty much get relegated, and Dundee United will be in there. I mean, their obvious goals are going to be to avoid getting relegated, right? Yeah, but
1: you only have to look. You only have to look at the teams that have came up in recent years um, to see how successful they've been. Albeit St Mirren have been in relegation battles in previous years since their their return, but Livingston have done more than what was ever expected. Um, even Ross County have been competitive um, Even at the worst of times But with Dundee United holding on to the likes of um, Shackland Is going to be so important um, And when they get Paul McMullen back Who got so many assists for the team last last season He's got a hernia injury at the moment um, he'll be a good return I think at the end of September Maybe start of October He'll be back So they've got they've got good players Nicky Clark Who was important last year too They've got a good squad I, I don't see why They couldn't do well And even finish top six Well it's a different league though You don't know
2: Like This is the, one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I'd imagine a few Of the bigger clubs Than Dundee United Haven't looked at Taking Shaqland in I mean, The money's involved obviously But you don't know He's going to be able to cut it In the, in the premierships You don't know If they're going to create The same amount of chances we also don't know exactly how Mellon's going to set them up. Uh, we don't know exactly how they're going to fare against other teams. If they lose momentum at the start of the season, could they be in relegation straight away? If they get a few wins on the bounce, they could well ride that momentum and and uh, challenge the
1: top six. Like we I don't mean, know. I've, I, I've 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 um, I've I've interviewed Mickey Mellon a few times with his time um, in English fifth tier and in FA uh, Cup duty. Um, I I know he's he's a man manager and he's someone who will always get a squad mentality that's together and everyone seems to buy into to his kind of he doesn't have a philosophy as such but he just knows how to create a good team uh that works hard for each other and it's quite simple he just kind of lets his players do the talking i think he's a good appointment the only real question over him is how much he knows the scottish league and he said in interviews already that he's always kept an eye in Scotland, but most of his, well, all of his career has been in England as a player yeah. and as a manager. Yeah. So I think without further ado, let's probably hear from Mickey Mellon. So Mickey, thanks a lot for, for giving us your time and your busy schedule. What are things like in Dundee uh, compared to Birkenhead?
4: Oh, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's nice to be, to be home, home in Scotland. I'm really enjoying being back home the football club's made me feel really, really welcome. We have uh, outstanding training facilities here and great people are in the club. I'm really enjoying working with the, the, the players. So, no, I'm in a really good place and, and really looking forward to getting started there.
1: I mean, the weather's not too dissimilar, I suppose, <laughs> Liverpool and in Dundee, but how did the move come about? Did you, did you um, Did you put in your application or did someone get in touch with you?
4: No, no. I've had opportunities to, to leave Tranmere before, but for one reason or another, I just because we, I mean, I can say we, we, we did well, we did well at Tranmere, so there was opportunities maybe for us to, to leave before, but just didn't feel right. But then, when Dundee United made an approach, I never applied for the job, no, none of that, I would never do that to any of my clubs. When my chairman came to me and said, Look, Dundee United have asked for permission for you to come and talk. I knew enough about Dundee United um, and the people that were here that I was interested to see what, what they wanted to say. And it really just went from there, really.
1: It's it's rare for for fans of a club to, to let a manager go with their blessing because a lot of Tremere fans that, that I know well wish you well and know what a great job you did for the club. So what what is your hope and wish um, to achieve at Dundee United?
4: to get the the place into the same situation as I've done with all my clubs, whereupon I have a brilliant relationship with the fans, the owners and the players. So that's what I always work hard to do. And then win games of football, quite simple as that, and improve the group and help to try and improve the players so that they can get to levels that that, that I believe that they they can achieve. But I work very hard to try and do that. So all of that, really, nothing more complicated than that. And then we'll have a league table at some stage that will measure what the team's performance is in that. And in the meantime, uh, I'll work hard to keep trying to improve that and watch all the different parts of that, try and that trying to improve them as individuals in a group. And really, honestly, that's bit, that's, it. that's how I keep it dead simple.
1: You say you keep it simple, but do you have a style of play? Do you, you have a, a way of working Um that you hope to implement at Dundee United that will be, well, that's a stupid question, to be successful, but do you have a style of play that, that may be different from, from your predecessor?
4: I want to win. Now, that's nothing about my predecessor, that's just me. I want to win. So everything will be what back from winning. We have to win games of football. We'll all be judged on getting results. Within... The performance you try and find a way of playing that gains you victories. So whether that be clean, clean sheets and different units in the team, and getting the most out of different players at, at, at the top end of the pitch to score goals and getting them service at low beat to win. Uh, it's always been the same way with, with me. I think that's the object of the game, and I work very hard in all the, the different parts of the, the the group in order to try and do that.
1: So what what kind of problems or differences have you had to face in the climate that we're in, in recruitment? Is it is it difficult to to get players in at the moment? Um, I know you've, you've brought in Luke Bolton from Man City, um, but how is the recruitment process at the moment?
4: The difficulties that you find is is that the only teams that are operating in Scotland are the Premier League teams. So MD outside of that has probably been inactive for what, three and a half months. So they maybe have been training on their own, but they're not up to the level of fitness that, that my boys are here. And that's the same in England, outside of the Championship and the Premier League. The boys have been inactive. So they I would I would say, and, and including you, you recruit your youth, don't you? And you try and make players better to grow them into the youth team. But they haven't been active either. So all the areas, are a lot of areas that you would look to recruit from the players have all been inactive. So it's the fitness levels really that you've got to really think about. So the likes of Luke Bolton, he's been training with Man City because the Premiership's, premiership's active. And then you have the the COVID testing situation. So if you bring in trialists, they're not tested. and You can't bring them into the group. So they're, they're the challenges that you've had, but they're the same for everybody. So we're just trying to find the best way of getting running up and do the best we can at making sure that we we put a group together that we think uh, can represent the club properly.
1: So you've been out of Scottish football, most of your career has been in in English football. How much Scottish football have you watched over over this time that you've been away?
4: Well, I've, I've answered this question loads of times. When you're the manager of a club like I was in League One in England, the Premiership in Scotland and the Championship and probably to a certain extent the other leagues, would be an area that you would look to try and recruit in. So any manager will tell you now that you have to watch a lot of games of football and you have the ability to be able to do that now. We are a different technology that you can that you can have now. You can pretty much watch any game at any time, anywhere in the world, really. So I would always be using that facility to do that anyway because we had to do a lot of recruitment at the clubs that I've been at. So Scotland would be right there, right now along the under-23s football in England and different levels in England. So, no, Scotland, I I, I know very well. And then, of course, when I know that I'm coming to Scotland, I can get any games that I want in Scotland that I think are important for me to go and watch. So, no, I I can be as up-to-date with Scottish football as any manager in Scotland.
1: So you you linked, you know, League One... To, to the kind of market that, that teams in the Premiership kind of look into, is that do you see when you've been comparing the two and, and coming into Scottish football, maybe the players that you're working with now, what kind of differences do you see between English and Scottish football?
4: I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I would link specifically League One way with, with, with Scotland. I wouldn't say that. I have to be firm and say, no, that's not what I mean. I meant because I was working in League One. Um, I would look at all parts of Scottish football because you were saying, asking me about, did I know much about Scottish football. Differences. Um, some of the pleasing things that I've, I've found as I've come up is is the attitude of the Scottish player being a footballer is something because forget I left when I was 16. It's really, really refreshing. You don't really have to remind them that the privilege of being a footballer, they work hard as a given. So every training session, I can only speak from Dundee United, the the, the training sessions are, are uh, every day, full tilt, really at it, great attitude. It's been really good. I've really enjoyed that. Comparisons I don't know, I just think, think every team every team there's loads of different teams in England and all have different playing styles, different ways of playing, different systems, different personnel. So I think football's football, really. So I wouldn't say I could really put my finger on saying, well, that doesn't happen in England, or this happens in Scotland, but doesn't happen in England. It's just I would say that, especially with Dundee United, there's a real, a real, um, they're, they're really pleased to be footballers. It's really nice. To, it brings a smile to my face because they're up every day and right at it. And you go, wow, we go again. And they, they see the privilege of being a footballer. They really, uh, they really do.
1: Well it's, it's nice to see you in Scottish football Mickey I, I can definitely say that for a fact I'm really really no, I'm pleased really, with your move
4: I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be up here and I'm really enjoying it and enjoying about back of my homeland that's, that's for sure and and uh, looking forward to uh, to getting out there and, 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 and competing
1: Mickey Mellon Dundee United manager also in town JJ we've got Callum Davidson who's taken over at St Johnston do you know much about him? Uh, I actually don't do because they're useful <laughs> I don't know everything I, I know Callum Davison has obviously been involved with St Johnston before and he's been well coveted down in England um, he's been at Millwall for a few years and he's been kind of credited to, to their good defensive um, abilities of late so coming to St Johnston who maybe fans have wanted a more attacking outlook um, in recent years and Maybe Tommy Wright, who, who changed the team last season to be that kind of mould, um, suffered for a mold. while. But <laughs> Yeah, that kind of attacking mould. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's an interesting one. Calendar he he's clearly a very, very good coach, but management is very different. It's, um, it's something that he's learned. Why do you think he's, he's, he's a good under, coach?
2: What have you seen as a, as a coach?
1: Pure, purely because of other, what other managers have said, of, of his right. impact on players and what players say about him. They, they, he's clearly liked but I, I remember reading somewhere that Millwall had a, a really good defence and it was all down to him. So I don't know. It's just all I'm thinking about is Wilson Johnson fans be happy by, with going back to a defensive-minded manager. Um, I, I know that's kind of with- what they
2: need, though. That's what St. Need, is needs. Uh, everyone wants to play. like I spoke to Stephen Robinson a few months ago, and he says everyone wants to play like Pep, but you can't. You have to do it with the players you've got. The mm-hmm. players they've got suit playing that you just don't concede first. That's the first thing you do is set up and not to concede. And with Davidson being a defender, like we know he's a left back when he used to play, right? So we know that. Mm-hmm. So Which you'd assume would mean he's probably a defensive manager. That's not always how it works out. I mean, I do know, the little bit I know about him is that he was assistant with Tommy Wright. So you'd assume he learned mm-hmm. a lot about how Tommy Wright set up a team. Then he worked with Gary Rabbit, who's a little bit more, I would say, progressive with how his teams play. So he's coached under a couple of different uh, styles, Uh, I haven't seen his teams play ever. What was he at? Dunfermline? Yeah. Don't know how his team's going to look. I'd imagine it's going to look very similar to Tommy Wright's team. I cannot see how Johnson would try and progress, especially because they have to deal with having to lose a couple of players, like they've lost Dre Wright, things like that. Little changes. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and recruit and stay largely the same, I would have thought. And a top six would be
1: really tough. He has recruited someone quite interesting, um, a guy called Isaac... Olaofi, I might be I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong but thankfully <laughs> he's known by his nickname which is Tanto it's also his middle name but he's a guy from Millwall um, he was at Sutton United last season um not for long um, but he scored a, a couple of goals and he seems to be quite a quick player so if, what, even what if he is defensive-minded, is? even if he is defensive-minded, maybe he's going to be quite quick counter-attacking and use him because he, he runs in behind defenders a lot. So right. if it's going to be quite a wide your, position? kind of player from in- St. Johnson... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide player who comes right. in, uh, quite instinctive, but still young and raw. So we'll wait and see. But he's brought in Danny McNamara, for, also from Millwall, so he knows these players um, right. and these guys are going to back him up. Um, so I think maybe we should have a look and see with their first games and on Saturday uh, Dunedin United St Johnston I think it's all set up for a nil-nil draw <laughs> <laughs> up next hold on to your seats because we're talking Aberdeen and Motherwell
3: This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. listen to it totally ad-free via The Athletic
1: New listeners to the show may not yet be aware of JJ's love of Aberdeen, but as they As a will neutral now. journalist, as a neutral journalist, <laughs> have Amanda. you written many journal, uh, articles on on uh, Aberdeen? Uh, a couple. I've Written more on like Motherwell and things like that. Odd and Kilmarnock. Ah, cool. But yeah. Anyway. Well, what do you what do you think of Aberdeen's season ahead? Then are you hopeful uh, or are you grounded?
2: Well, as we're looking at this as neutral journalists, what I think is that Aberdeen <laughs> should expect to finish third. Um, that's where they should be looking minimum to finish and probably maximum because <laughs> you can't I, I think the gap between them and Rangers and Celtic is too vast uh, but you, they'll have I don't know how well Motherwell will do this season it's one of the things I'm not sure about how that's going to how that's going to go and whether they can keep their players but Aberdeen done really well off the pitch during the season Dave Cormack's new chairman and he's, he's made some quite um, really impressed with how even at the club's communication has been Mm. Uh, during the season so thing, th- simple things like regular updates and newsletters like showing you how they're going to do this they've got um, their, the red TV is the, is the thing that Aberdeen used to show the games and they've got uh, Derek Ray and people like that involved with it like really yeah, like the community so like, it's a good thing to do right and um, one of the things that Cormac said a lot is that he wants entertaining football I feel like at times Aberdeen has not been particularly entertaining to watch but they usually get the results that get you the the numbers that you need and that's quite important and I'm interested to see what McInnes does coming in. There's a lot of there's a lot of unrest amongst the fans just now. Quite a few of them don't like the football. I think, similar to when Arsenal got rid of Arsene Wenger, I'm not sure they realize quite how talented a manager they have and mm-hmm. uh, what the limits currently are, what the ceiling is. It's very frustrating having a ceiling there. And you'll see some people say, like, oh, why can't they just challenge the old firm? Say, oh, it's called money. There's this thing called money. But,
1: but, JJ, have they brought enough transfers into the squad?
2: Uh, uh, they have brought Johnny Hayes in or back from Celtic on mm-hmm. a free that's a good good move for all there's a lot of noise about Sam Cosgrove might be leaving uh, going on. how do you say it the French team Gangon. Gangon uh, came in with a, a bed of something about 2.7 million it was structured with 2 million up front and a bunch of other stuff
1: uh, but he uh, didn't want to go did he
2: well he, had, he only had so about he, a day so apparently. you're stuck it's with like him it's like an episode 24 <laughs> where the, the clock's kicking down whether he wants to move to a lovely part of France or stay in a <laughs> <laughs> or keep living on Queen Street, I don't know. So uh, it's I don't know how McKinnon wants to play, but he signed all those players last season, players like Bryson, Ojo, like all these players that just didn't they didn't manage to do anything. And uh Matty Kennedy's got a lot to start you know, to, to step up as well. I think we'll really see the signings that came in last season grow. Ronnie Hernandez is the number one that they've got in. I don't know if they need uh, that much more. I don't know what the budget is, but there's a bit of money to as all clubs have had to deal with. There's a bit of a gap in the in the budget they've got. But like, we can move on to a team like Motherwell, who finished above Aberdeen in the league uh, Mm -hmm. last season. They're going to be in the Europa League, which is massive. If they were able to, and the way they play football, I think would suit European European football. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. This is this this brings up the the question that was asked to us actually um, from Ben Gilmore. With Aberdeen and uh, and Motherwell being in in the Europa League, and with the qualifying rounds being just a match, I think it's just a single game for qualifying. Is this the best time for Motherwell and Aberdeen to be progressing in the Europa League? It's difficult, though, isn't it? Because what if you lose that one game? <laughs> well, the draw hasn't been hasn't happened yet either. But yeah, it, I
2: mean the early rounds tend to be quite easy because they're against. Um, Teams of janitors and school teachers and stuff like that. So it's it's all right. Like you go, you travel to a part of Europe you don't really know where it is on a map, and then you are able to win. But also, I mean, some of these teams in in Europe have really talented players. Like you look at the skills set of people from Scotland and what you get in somewhere like uh, I don't know the Czech Republic. like the, te- the clubs might not be very big and the team might not be very successful, but they've got a really high standard of players. You, you saw we saw teams from Macedonia and all these sorts of teams. Uh, they have good players, so what you can't have is players going in like Kilmarnock did. Was it last season when they just get absolutely done in by that Welsh yeah.
1: Welsh club? They lost to. That was embarrassing. That was that was that was embarrassing though. New
2: yeah, Saints. New... So what they what they can't do, Motherwell and Aberdeen actually, you can't go in as uh, Kelly did with New Saints and maybe not approach it with professionals. I mean, you need to, even though you're playing a, a team that would be like rated a fifty-four. Out of ninety nine on FIFA or something, you've got to approach it as though it's a proper game, and because uh, it's so valuable getting through these next rounds. And uh, the benefit of having a, a knockout game is that anything can happen. But that tends to suit Indeed. the smaller team. It's the smaller team who benefits from that. The big the, the better team benefits from two legs.
1: I'd say probably going back to domestic matters, the the big thing for Motherwell was holding on to Stephen Robinson in the summer because he was interviewed for the the Northern Ireland job yeah um and was and was beaten to it um so the fact that he's there uh, and remains there as a as a constant for motherwell since they've done so well last season is is important and they haven't their squad hasn't changed too much i know they've lost um richard tate to st Mirren which wasn't what the club wanted uh to happen um but i think they've they've by all accounts kept much of the squad from last season um so that get continuity well. yeah that like, continuity can only be a good thing
2: and David Turnbull coming back. I think it'll take him a while to get up to speed. So, Jake Casey back
1: too. Yeah, absolutely. Loan so from Rangers.
2: More pace and width. That's what Stephen Robinson wants. He wants pace and wide areas. He wants to push up the pitch. Uh, the way they play, the way they are coached, is really impressive. Uh, like I really rate Stephen Robinson very highly. And uh, even if it wasn't an Northern Ireland job, I do not doubt for a second there are clubs in the Championship in England who would be looking at uh, what happens with Robinson going forward. So, so we
1: probably th- we probably think that both both of those teams will be top six finishers and vying for third spot again then, eh?
2: Yeah, I would think so, yeah. If, yeah. especially Motherwell Welcome, hold on to the players.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well let's head to the bottom of the table next then. It's always difficult to call relegation in the premiership, mostly because we always expect it to be Hamilton. Um, but they somehow seem to always finish tenth. Will this be the year that Hamilton finally go down, JJ? Because I've been looking at it, and the the squad is f- slimmed down. Alan Maitland, the the chairman's already said that they have to slim the squad, and the the youth players have to step up. With only a few experienced heads, Brian Easton's been made captain, but he's injured with an ankle, bad or bad ankle. Uh, with an ankle. He's not going to be back until <laughs> yeah. He's not going to be back until October. He's got um, three ankles. Yeah. And David Templeton hasn't even trained with the squad yet this summer. Um, he's got a back injury, so it's really up to the youth. And I know Hamilton are known for their youth, but uh, it's a big ask. I don't see them. I-, I think this could be the year that they go down. I hope I'm wrong because you're talking they're about a they
2: club. can't go down. It's impossible. I don't want
1: them to go down because I'm really hoping that I've they've got a young you player do. called Sean Slavin, um, who I don't <laughs> know if is a, is a relation, uh, but he could play in the Premiership this season. So I'll be uh, rooting for him.
2: Well, I mean. Hamilton are going to finish towards the bottom there's one thing I read um, there's a a guy who writes a blog his name's Angus McGregor he's actually quite he's actually a really good writer and he um, he wrote a thing about <laughs> Hamilton that he pointed out uh, not that he wouldn't be by his name I don't know why I said that <laughs> uh, but his blog's really good anyway it's just Angus McGregor if you look him up but uh, he point, he pointed out the, the season ending at 30 games uh, Aki's let in 11 fewer goals at the same point the season previous and scored 10 more which is a swing of 21 goals for a team like Hamilton is enormous. Like it's enormous progress. But like you're saying, they don't have any budget to improve on that. And the minimum or sorry, the, the maximum they're gonna be able to do is finish in above relegation. So they're gonna be in amongst it all the time. They they play nicer football than they had done in the past. Hmm. And uh, I like what Brian Rice does And I think he seems to be like a decent manager, seems to know what he's doing. But uh, the was- problem with them is recruitment and keeping the players they've got
1: in. What about Ross County? It was a summer of change for them. Stuart Cattlewell no longer shares the role of boss. Is it going to work? Uh,
2: Ross County are a team who I just can't really work out if they're any good or not. Like I can't ever figure it out. Sometimes they can play quite nice football and sometimes they lose
1: as you'd expect to. Will it make a difference having one manager? What what do you think? Um, I'm not too sure. I think there's still that, that... I always think it's important if you're going to change something at the top, that there's still an element of continuity. And the thing is, it's not its not like anyone's gone anywhere. It's just that someone's moved up yeah. um, into, into a football role. So I think County have been quite shrewd in the, the transfer market because I really like their new sign-in, Regan Charles Cook, who they've brought in from Gillingham. Oh, yes, um, it's one of your uh, your non-league stars, is it? <laughs> I, would, I would say stars, but yes, I do know quite a bit about the, the non-league side of things down in oh, England with my those, work in the those... National
2: League. Ill-informed is that, uh, is that Sleven also works a lot with national league teams, so he knows a lot of footballers and football clubs <laughs> that I get confused about being real or like made up in a fantasy football manager kind
1: of. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, th- look, this guy could be a good player because I think with Ross County he will bring a- an element of quality um, that maybe sometimes that they're-, they're lacking. Can you tell me he- what was
2: he a striker midfielder? What does he do? Yeah, m- does he
1: midfielder, go? but he's he's very much box to box. I think sometimes he's. he's accused of maybe switching off at times, but he can if, if he's on it for the full ninety minutes, he could be a really important player for them. Um Q two so months down the line when he's he absolutely plays awful. <laughs> is he
2: plays, was he an eight? What is he in midfield? So uh, central, box, midfielder. Box. central midfielder.
1: Central central midfielder. Box the box. Um very strong, very fast and um has an eye for goal touch. too.
2: Can he pass the ball? Uh, a touch on him? Yes, he's a. Are we footballer? looking at a Premiership <laughs> star, or is he one of these that will come in I, I, I all couldn't disappear?
1: I, I could not prof. Um, oh, get my words mixed up. I could not say that he's a future Premiership star, um, but he, you know, Gillingham wanted to stay, and I think that's a good level, um, a good pond for clubs like Ross County to to delve into and get some a good, good talent. So I think, I like that. I think yeah. And that's why they're working on tiny articles. budget.
2: So yeah, it's it's wherever they can get in, they'll identify players that will work for them, and that's going to be the kind of guy that comes in. I've not seen him play before, so I couldn't tell you. And it's going to be the similar sort of situation, I'd imagine, at St Mirren. Uh, Jim Goodwin, my manager of the year last season, as you'll recall <laughs> from our bizarre uh, team, of the, team season of the season thing that we did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Team of the season. Uh, what do you reckon is going to happen to St Mirren this year, Slaven? I like I Kind
1: of I don't know. I think again St. Mirren will maybe struggle for, for goals again this season, but what they won't lack is um that defensive solidity that they they showed last season. I think they had the fourth best defence in the league, um, despite finishing in the bottom half of the table. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I don't know, they've made some good signings as well. That like Richard Tate coming from Motherwell, who we said earlier on. That is a good signing uh, by
2: the way, Richard Tate. Like that's a kind of leader captain player you're bringing in.
1: Um, absolutely I,
2: i really like to know what the ins and outs that were, why he wanted to move or whether he did want to move. There was an there.
1: offer on the table from Motherwell and I think it was almost like a lack of communication from, from one side or maybe both and mm. St Mirren just kind of swooped in and he said yes and then it just got signed, sealed, delivered. And, and it was kind of under the noses of Motherwell, but not not in a snidey way or any way, but yeah. um, I think it just, I think timing was everything. But yeah, absolutely cracking signing for St. Merrin. Joe Shaughnessy as um, well. Jack Joe Shaughnessy, uh, another defender. And also uh, this guy, Nathan Sharon. I'm going to delve into my National League again. Please do. <laughs> Tell me all about Nathan Sharon. Uh, well, they've got him from Fleetwood Town, who's not a National League team, but um, he was known for... I can't remember the team he played for in the fifth tier, but he's he's a defensive midfielder, but he's he's, he's versatile. He can play in defence as well. I, I think it's just another level where St Mirren are building up their ranks.
2: Like squad uh, improvement but, as opposed to first team, is it? Or? Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, they've got Jack... Jack uh, or Jack Almwick. I'm not it's too sure. Jack. It's Jack Almwick. It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, goalkeeper on loan from Rangers.
2: Yak. Yak, Anvik.
1: I really hope it is though. That would be lovely. Ah, we have a new <laughs> for the rest of the season. Yak. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: yeah. A lot of defensive players, but then they've got this guy. Their partnership with Norwich Has uh, continued. Um, I think it was Famio, a defender they brought in on loan last season, and now they've brought in this guy, Isaac Thorvaldsson, who's. Um Captain of the Icelandic under-19s. This is great information.
2: That's really good. I've made
1: a lot of notes ahead of this podcast, JJ. I really like that.
2: I really like that. Well, we know Jim Goodwin's a good coach. I, the way they set up last season, um, I think we. We'll, I think a lot of people, especially us, predicted that Samirin would really struggle and they did a lot better than... Uh, so they underperformed in terms of XG and stuff. They should be a lot higher than they were, as we've mentioned a lot of times last season on this podcast. And uh, if... Uh, it, well, What should happen is if they can play, pick up form kind of where they were last season. Um, players like Obika are really important, obviously, getting goals for them. But they should be able, if they can level out with what their XG says they should be at, then they should finish a lot higher. And I, I think you we were talking this before when we were shooting people in Warzone, <laughs> is that Simeon <laughs> will finish probably, probably a lot higher than they did last season. They should. They could. I, I think they... so because
1: they have, they have all the makings of it. It's just they're missing that striker. Right. And Jonathan well, uh, Obika, as much as he scored important goals, he didn't score enough goals.
2: He's just he's uh, learning his trade. I like Obika. I like him. But, he also has uh, the best
1: song in the division as well. What's that? Which is the... I can't remember the band name, but it's to the song of... Uh, was it Tequila? All right. Obika. Yeah.
2: I like him. Yeah. Well, uh, Steven, you have to nail colours to the mast. Who is being I, relegated this season?
1: I, I'm saying Hamilton. I, I just don't think they have enough... I think the experienced heads that they have in there are too injury prone. Um, but if they can be fit, then they have a fighting chance. What do you say?
2: You reckon? Well, as we know, the universe does not allow for um, for Hamilton to <laughs> be relegated. So I have a sneaky feeling that I I, th- I really think Kilmarnock might struggle this season. Poor. Yeah, I think Kilmarnock could be in amongst it. I think there's going to be a few teams in there. I think there's going to be St Johnston, Ross County... Uh, Kelly will be in amongst it. Hamilton obviously are going to be around there, but they'll survive because they always do. And then I wonder what will happen with Livingston losing players like Lawless and if Dykes goes, they might not lose Dykes, you know. Lawless, it's not the be-all and end-all of Lawless goes or whatever from Libby, but they need players of that quality to do the things that uh, Gary Holt's got them play- got them doing. Yeah, that's, that's that's why I'm saying there's about six or seven teams that could go down. So if well, I you- nail my colours to a mast, <laughs> I will say. I'm going through a tunnel.
3: This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven.
1: Right, JJ, you're out the tunnel. You're not going to see who you <laughs> are, who you think's going to go down because you're tunnel, too baby. scared. You're too scared. So let's look at the teams that finished uh, mid-table. You did just touch on Livingston, but what about Hibbs and Kilmarnock? I think we've got Steve Ducking. Asking on Twitter, can Hibbs finish third, or is it the hope that indeed does kill you? <laughs>
2: it is indeed the hope that kills you with Scottish football. Like, oh God! If you support a team with Scotland, you know well. Unless it's one of the top two, unless you just then you just don't know what it's like to never lose all the time. However, uh, I think Hibbs are going to be decent this year. I mean, these predictions you are really bad. Well, this is the thing that like, I don't want to say they're going to finish third, but uh, I really rate Jack Ross as a, as a manager. Uh, he has put together teams of them um, and made players better wherever he's been. Fell short just at Sunderland but that, I don't, that's not his fault. He built a team that got to where it should be and and the players couldn't get over the line. The coaching he did to get them to that place and the teams he assembled and the way he built the unity within the team, that's what you want from your manager. Also, uh, would you ever watch any videos of him talking on things like him? There's that website, uh, Coach's Voice, I think it's called.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- love the way he talks. Yeah.
2: Uh, he sounds like Brendan Rodgers or something like that. You know, one of these kind of Tactical thinkers, I like that. But the important thing is to get the mentality in there. And uh, signings like... So Alex Gogic came in from Hamilton. Really like him a lot, Gogic. And one of the things that Hibbs missed last season was someone who would just, like, kick someone in the middle of the pitch. They missed Marvin Bartley. Bartley,
1: That's who it was they missed.
2: Well, maybe Bartley, but someone in in the midfield, a holding player, an anchor maybe if not an anchor and the ball winner and Gogic is a bit of both and what they can do with having Gogic there is as a player who can play both um, centre-back or as a holding midfield player a defensive midfielder they can change systems during the game so Ross can go from having like a, a back three if he, if he needs to you know make it a back five which is to say or just play the back four and then keep a midfield three whatever he really wants to do but they they have now in the middle someone who's quite hard, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that like you shouldn't underestimate how important that is in Scottish football, especially in football generally. You need someone who's going to scare the opposition. It's not that Gogic is spooky or anything like that, but he'll uh, <laughs> 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 he's not a spooky man. But he will. It uh, gives him something better. I've, yeah, I really think he has to do well. Killy, yeah. Um, I mean, they've had to get a whole new squad put together. O'Donnell's gone, he's still not got a club yet, as far as I know. At time of recording, he hasn't got a squad, uh, a, mm-hmm. a club. Um, so they've got to rebuild basically their defence. He obviously lost Greg Taylor last year. Eamon Brophy uh, really relied on Greg Stewart doing stuff. He went a long time ago. They need pace, and they need width, they need a lot of stuff. And then when you bring in so many players at once, it's very difficult and very rare that it ever comes together straight away. So they're going to have to set up defensive, trying and hit the counter as Killy always do. Did it very well under Steve Clark, who's a very good manager. And uh, <laughs> we'll see uh, how Alex Dyer recruits. This this is the big thing, like, the making of a manager is how well they recruit. Really, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think they have a big budget. I don't know what their scouting's like, but it's tough.
1: So, well, I've, I I mentioned earlier about um, kind of continuity, consistency of, of of coaching. And as much as Alex Dyer was under Steve Clark he did just go back to the way things were before. Building a squad is something he maybe hasn't done before. So that might be not within his experience. Um, well, that's parameters. exactly the difference between the coach so, and a manager. So, so yeah, yeah I, I, I think the three teams we've mentioned so far, Hibs, Kelly and Livingston, we don't know what to expect of them. We didn't really expect much of Livingston last season or the year before, but they showed that um, they they have what it takes, even when they lose players. Um, they can they can recruit. Hibbs could be sure. interesting. Kilmarnock we're not too sure. So we don't know what's going to happen with these three teams. But
2: great podcast so far. We don't know.
1: Anything. <laughs> we know so much. <laughs> Listen to us. Uh, well, anyway, a bit more interesting. Uh, we're going to get competitive, bringing a whole new meaning to FFS. Fantasy football has finally hit Scotland and got good. Uh, some of you might be thinking FFS, and you'd be right because it's literally called fantasy football scotland this is the plug bit but it's going to be good i promise so hold on whilst i explain it to you all quite quickly all you need to do is download the app to play and match your fantasy skills against us lot. Plus, some of the pro will be playing too. Declan Gallagher, Tony Watt, Paul McGinn, Charlie Trafford are just a few of the players you can pit your wits against. It's all the usual fantasy rules, so you've got 15 players, no more than three from each team, a few power-ups to use wisely, and of course, it's free to play, um, which is music to any Scotsman's ears or persons <laughs> ears. That's... A little
2: bit of racism sleep- sneaking into our script there. I like that <laughs> the producer.
1: <laughs> uh Search for FFS on your app store, set up your team and join the league. Totally Scottish. All one word to play against it. JJ, who's who's your value player that you have picked up um, that isn't an Aberdeen player and isn't Andrew Considine? Your if God. I could
2: have picked 11 Andrew Considines, I would have. But I've identified <laughs> for my, um, my value player that... Uh, I'm hedging my bets on it's not that he's hugely cheap or anything, but um, uh, Scott Allen at Hibbs. So, when you go below, um, so like, uh, mean, is in my team at the moment, I'll reveal that for free. But if you go below Celtic <laughs> and Rangers players, right, and if I'm assuming that Livingston aren't going to be quite as prolific as, as last season, and I'll be wrong about that, I always am, uh, Allen comes up as the, the joint highest, or he's one of the highest. Joined goals and assists of last season mm. So And this is going by Scout Stats by the way um, and, and playing in a team that I think Will do well this season and is starting to come together Especially having have what that we talked about With Tibbs behind him It could be that Alan steps up a level And uh, he meets his, his XG and XA And that would be huge for fantasy points So that's my thing And ah. he's a lot cheaper than a
1: lot of other midfielders That's why you see well, Who's yours? My my pick ended up being an absolute shocker because just before the podcast I found out he's having a hernia operation. <laughs> so he's he's not going to play for a while. It's Paul McMullen at Dundee United for £3.1 million, fantasy pounds. Um, so don't pick him because he's injured. Uh, but I like the look of him because he was, you know, uh, second most assists in the championship last season. So instead of him, I'm also going for a Hibs player. And I said Kevin Nisbet. Because, and I'm going to use one of my favourite media words, he's riding the crest of a wave at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think the last two seasons he's been going up levels like an absolute cart horse. So what was he? He was at Wraith Rovers and scored a bundle of goals for them. And then he went to Dunfermline scored, what was it, 23 goals and 32 appearances. And then he's moved to Hibs. So I think he's going to be um, more prolific than Christian Deutsch because I think he is more of a footballer. Than Christian Doy's relied on so many tapins, yeah. um, which is, you know, fox fox. That's all good. Okay, okay. I, I, I like the look of Nisbet, and I like saying Nisbet. Well, so there you go, <laughs> Mrs. Nisbet. Uh, we'll be
2: tracking so. the league every week, uh, exclaiming FFS, at eh? uh, our teams a few times, and hope for the best. I'm terrible at fantasy, but if you look for FFS on the app store, and totally Scottish is the league you want to play with us. And it starts this weekend because the football starts this weekend, and Scottish football to start starts this weekend, which means the, the real football, football.
1: Really starts. Yeah. So JJ, the football does start and it starts with Aberdeen Rangers, twelve thirty on Saturday. Nice. Massive
2: game! It's going to be nice a really afternoon. exciting to see. Yeah, um, it, it, this has happened a couple of times when they started the start of the season. I think it was a drop. up one of them. Uh, maybe a couple of draws I can't exactly remember that was, uh, that was
1: when Morelos got sent I can't off can't see my notes uh, <laughs> good, see one of the last happens, battles yeah.
2: we see between Morelos and McKenna kicking each other in the nads so that's <laughs> one thing. great start though like a huge game because that should be third against second uh, Aberdeen would love to get one over in Rangers to start the yeah. season well especially for what happened last season
1: I'm really excited to see what happens with Dundee United
2: uh, like I'm looking forward Me to too. having them back in the league
1: yeah, three, three yeah. o'clock kickoffs on Saturday. Um, I think, like you said, United-St. Johnston, it'll be a measure to find out where United are because St. Johnston could be a good benchmark, a team that made yeah. it into the top six. All that jazz, Hibani and Komarnak. That's interesting nice um, because
2: uh, we expect Hibs to do well, but we don't know how well Killy are going to do, and that's why Killy will probably end up beating them. One-nil, <laughs> something like that. St. So Mirren-Livingston is one of those that you think's a nil-nil, but would probably be the best game of the weekend. Yeah,
1: but the, the absolute hiding of the weekend is going to come Celtic Hamilton Academicals. You're right, 1-0 Hamilton. To Hamilton. I, I just, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, you, you read my mind. Uh, <laughs> I really can't see Hamilton getting a draw out of this. I've got a feeling about limitation. this one. Really? Dude. Really? I don't know oh, why. I, I hope I'm wrong, just because it'll be funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then Ross County motherwell as uh, I just spoke about, Ross County you're down to just one manager now. Uh, so they have half the power of management. But they're against Motherwell. Stephen Robinson, who is more than one manager. I don't know what I'm saying here. But yeah. Well, then yeah, we should know.
1: mention as well. Players will be given the opportunity to take the knee in support of Black Lives Matter, should they wish to. Which you know we've we've seen across Europe when leagues have, have restarted. I think it's a good sign. It's something that should be supported, and and we should all educate ourselves um, a little bit more. And I think Marvin Bartley, uh, the Livingston uh, new skipper, said it quite correctly that if if, even if kids are are questioning why this is happening then that's when the education starts and that's that's a good message to send yeah bang on absolutely well if you want to hear more on this subject then the ornstein and chapman podcast had a fantastic takeover episode by carl anka ryan conway roshane thomas and dan barnes all about this subject it's called why are football crowds so white a discussion it's well worth a listen, and if you want to broaden your understanding on this subject, it's available on all podcast platforms. But this is a serious matter, and one that is good to see the league backing. Still to come, we're talking hearts, and there are many, many lawsuits.
3: This is the Totally Scottish Football Show, with Andrew Slavon. Listen to it, totally ad-free, via The Athletic.
1: Before we get to Hearts, let's see what the bookies at Paddy Power have to say about the upcoming season. And for this, we turn to our expert-in-chief, Producer Abby. Hello. Hi. Um. So I'm, I'm desperate to find out, how much Celtic are favourites for this season?
3: Yeah, it's not a surprise that Celtic are the odds-on favourites. Uh, they're four to nine to win the league uh, this season, and Rangers are well back in seven to four to to win, uh, and even further back Aberdeen forty to one. But you know, miracles have happened before, so. <laughs> If you like the look of, of Hamilton, as we've all mentioned, um, 2,000 to 1 to win the league? No, uh, in all seriousness, Paddy Power have got a, uh, a treble going on. If you want Celtic to win the treble of the SPL, the Scottish Cup and Scottish League Cup, that will take you to 6 to 1. Um, but it seems Paddy Power, a wee bit like JJ, uh, can't quite pick out relegation. So no odds there at the moment, but we will report back on that as and when the season continues.
1: And that's all Paddy Power have. Thank you, Abby. As ever, gamble responsibly, and when the fun stops, stop. Just before we round up the show, there's been the ongoing legal cases from Hearts and Partick Thistle to avoid relegation on points per game, which on Monday finally confirmed that they would be dropping down a tier. Kieran Canning, AFP journalist and friend of the show, is here to tell us all about it. Kieran, take it away. What's happened?
0: That, thanks for that onerous task uh, <laughs> So basically, just about on the eve of the new season, we finally have a conclusion to the nineteen twenty season. Those of you who've been following Scottish football will probably be aware that the previous season was postponed or cancelled uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. There was then a very acrimonious voting process whereby the the clubs voted to end the season on a points per game basis. That sent Hearts and Partick Thistle down to the Championship and League One, respectively. We then had another lengthy process where they battled around different proposals for League reconstruction, again, without any satisfactory conclusion. So that meant that the the structure of the leagues is going to remain the same. So 12 in the top flight uh, and then 10 in the Championship League One and League Two. Hearts and Partick Thistle then took a legal case against this, saying obviously that they had been unfairly, in their eyes, relegated because the season couldn't be completed. It went briefly to court before it was sent to a arbitration panel. And if you're still with me, um, <laughs> yeah, this three-man uh, arbitration panel finally decided this week that the SBFL... Whether you can argue whether they, they did everything right in the whole process, they were at least by the rules allowed to do do what they did in, in ending the season with the with the backing of the clubs in terms of the votes, and also that there would be no compensation for Hearts and Partick Thistle. Who there was a there was a two pronged sort of argument that they had. One was that they should um, should be reinstated to the the Premiership in Hearts' case and to the Championship in Partick Thistle's case. Uh, but if they weren't, that they should also be entitled to compensation because obviously they will uh, they'll lose a lot of money.
1: Can you just tell
0: me this, Kieran? Is it
1: all over, or are we going to find that in the coming weeks there are even more club statements coming out?
0: I think I think you'll probably find the more club statements. It's uh, so oh, one of God. the one, one of the things that Scottish football does very well. Uh, <laughs> I what I at least hope is I think that this is now the end of the road in terms of there being any more. Uh, legal challenges or appeals or anything like that. I think that now we're very I mean, as I said, the 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 start we were four days away from the um, the start of the league season and only on Monday was it was it finally confirmed. I mean, another thing that, to, to bear in mind why this got even more acrimonious in the past few weeks than it already had been uh, in the past few months is that um, rather than going down the route of, of, say, arguing that there should be some sort of forced reconstruction to keep Hearts uh, and Partick said the championship and, and the premiership and the championship they were basically uh, trying to have the promotions for Dundee United, Gretna and Cove Rangers also yeah. overturned so that was you know that then led to you know more statements back and forward from from those clubs as well and those clubs even seeking um financial help from the rest of Scottish football or from their fan bases to raise the legal, co- legal costs they were going to have in fighting this um this challenge from from Hearts and Partick Thistle, so I think at least that bit's over in terms of we know now who who will be playing in each league um, next season. But I do think it will have a, a long lasting effect in terms of the the bad blood that's that's there and mm. is, is going to be there for for many years
1: to come. So I think I think probably for for most people, you have on one hand people saying, for the instance of Hearts, you weren't good enough, you were bottom of the table, so you're rightly relegated. But then on the other hand, and I may be edged to this camp slightly, is that it's still a harsh decision and it's still un- it's still unfair whatever way you look at it. And some compensation would make sense and would soften the blow. Um, yeah, I'm not,
0: I'm not sure about the, the compensation argument, to be honest, just, just because everyone's struggling at, at this time. What I, I personally sure. I feel would be the, the, the most sensible solution is the, to go with league reconstruction and that way the teams that that had won their promotion on the field get that and that there's not sort of a forced relegation. There was no good solution. That, that's why league reconstruction didn't happen because when when everyone put their own self-interest first, which is what has happened throughout the whole, the whole, the whole process and is one of the, the failings of it, um, there was never going to be a solution that that pleases everyone. Uh, and that's how we ended up in the situation we are.
1: Follow the money and that's where you'll find your answer. But I I don't know if you're aware, Kieran. Just before we we say goodbye to yourself, we are part of um, Fantasy Football Scotland. Um, do you have a team? Are you involved in this? Are you going to join our league?
0: Uh, I will do. I I've uh, I've been looking at it this afternoon to uh, to get my head around it. I mean, after a few furious weeks of uh, of fantasy football there in England, I thought I'd, I'd finished my fantasy football for a couple of months <laughs> and I could relax. But now straight back into it. Um, but yeah, it. very
1: much looking forward to it. Have you got? Have you got a player that you can tip for anyone who's listening as a as a as a worthy buy?
0: Well, I think like obviously the uh, the the big hitters. Everyone will know that you know play for the two big big Glasgow clubs. But two players that I've got in there, I think could be good uh, budget buys are uh, Jake Hasty coming back to Motherwell. He's pretty reasonably priced. He's a, he's, he's labelled as a midfielder, but quite often plays as a winger in, uh, in the front three. So I think he could be. Uh, a goodbye, and also uh, Callum Hendry. It's St. Johnson. Mm. I was uh, I was very impressed with him towards the uh, end of last season before the uh, the pandemic hit. So yeah, they're my two budget budget buys.
1: Oh, budget buys. No, no no essential differentials here. Budget buys. It's, it's Scotland, you know. We, you know, we <laughs> like a bargain. So that's it for the preview show. We'll be back again next week following the first full round of fixtures in the Premier's JJ, final question for you. Where does your enthusiasm for this season rank in comparison to others?
2: Uh, I am really looking forward to it being back. It would be nice to have fans in the stadiums because it does make a difference for the noise when watching the games. And I don't like watching the games with fake crowd noise. So to answer <laughs> your question, somewhere in between uh I'm, ex- I'm excited for
1: it that's what we'll go for <laughs> a strong five out of ten from Jj uh, listen now if you eight, <laughs> maybe. and listen if you fancy trying out the athletic of which we are now a part and listening to this podcast without adverts or betting sections then you can get yourself a free 30 day trial by heading to the athletic.com forward slash totally Thank you to JJ, Mickey Mellon and Kieran Canning for coming on and to the Little Kicks for the theme tune. Thanks to you, most importantly, for listening. Also to Abby for looking after us and making us not sound like idiots. We'll speak to you next week and we'll be out on Wednesday. Bye.
3: You've been listening to The Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter and Insta and be sure to check out our website, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Muddy News Media